Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Okay, college basketball fans, we are living in it right now. Episode 38, it's Mad About Hoops. I'm your college basketball friend, Timmy Hall. He's your college basketball friend, Evil Bald Colin. It's good to be alive right now, man. Yes, it's good to be alive, but I, I don't think we're as mad about hoops as I think the Horizon League might be because what the hell's going on over there? Oh, my goodness, the Horizon League. <laughs> if, if you don't know what he's talking about, we will. We started walking down this road in the last pod how we were noticing some of the other small conference tournaments that were about to pick up play. The Horizon League had already started play, technically, when we did our last podcast. They had some on-campus games. They had some more on-campus games, and... It was complete madness, man. I mean, go go ahead and tell them, like, real quick, if they're not familiar with what happened in the Milwaukee-Wright State game. It's everything that we love about this month, expecting yeah, the unexpected. Yeah, start with the one with the team that had winning the championship. That's great. Uh, yeah, so Wright State basically had a 24-point lead with seven or six minutes left in the game. They eventually went to overtime, tied 81-81, but on the way there, they gave up 14 points in the final minutes of the game to actually allow Milwaukee no. to tie that game. Yes. No, you're lying, right? Like that can't be that can't be serious. That can't be a real I, stat I, I, that you I, just said. You know what? It, it's true, and it's actually Milwaukee has the two craziest comebacks of the year. I believe that one, that one, and then they also had a 12 point comeback. I believe with like a minute 30 left in the game, or something wild like that. You know, I I don't want to do it to you, but maybe I'll pull up the old play by play sheet. I thought I had it at a 13 point comeback in the final minute but you said 14 we no, can throw I, that I extra scored, point on top i think they scored be cool 14 too. i think they scored 14 not a 13 I, point i comeback. hear i thought i thought with like 52 seconds left they hit the three and then that started the barrage of scoring which got it to overtime and then milwaukee got it done but to be on that like that was straight up northern iowa texas a&m <sighs> kind of insanity where you just have to be slapping the ball all over the place, giving up open looks, fouling dudes, giving up three-point shots, just complete boneheaded play all the way around and some magic for Milwaukee. Isn't that the school that produced Tony Bennett? It is, right? You dub Milwaukee? I think it is, yes. I think. Because if, if my man. mind's going together, I believe Laval yeah. Jordan was at uh, Green Bay, so... That does sound about right. And that's the same place, right? It's just been rebranded. Re or no, no, Green Bay would not be Milwaukee, clearly. That's right. different school entirely. Yeah, I think they both dropped the uh, Wisconsin part, but nonetheless. All right, well, we're going to have a lot of fun here. Evil, one of the things we're going to do is you and I, we're, we're going to take some trips down memory lane. And part of why we started doing this podcast is because we just love it. We love the game. That's why it's it's sort of in the title. Mad about hoops because we're all about madness and we just want to get to this month, live in this month, lock it in. And we, we grew up loving the tournament. So we get all sorts of memories where why it's special to us and things that pop off the page and favorite moments, favorite memories, things like that. Games that we've gotten to be in person for, games that we watched on TV that just stay with us. So we'll start going through some of those and we'll take another deep look into some conference tournaments. And we're also going to have some exciting news for you guys to take in this podcast in another way coming up here on Selection Sunday. So we'll tell you about that. 
just nestle into your favorite spot, sit back and relax, because your head's going to be aching when the college basketball starts flying at you. So enjoy this episode of Mad About Hoops. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. Let's it Inbounds Turner, left side of the backboard. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He, he makes it! it! He hit it! He hit it! Turner. it! He hit it just inside of half court! Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh! 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 Send it in, Jerome! Oh! <laughs> College basketball! This is March Madness! You know, you were right, Evil. It was 14 points in the final 52 seconds. So why I continue to try to take a brain like yours to task is beyond me. Well, it, but it's a lot more because right. I picked them and I was watching it intently <laughs> and I was crumbling as the minutes went by. Uh, were you watching that one in real time? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've yes. been using the crap out of my ESPN Plus account. And uh, yeah, that was no Has fun. Has it glitched on you yet? Has it told you to get the hell out? Yeah, I think one time it timed out. I think it actually did it last night. I was watching Longwood and Winthrop, and it was pretty much glitching. Like, hey, do you really want to watch it? It's almost a thirty-point game. I'm like, yeah, it's the Winthrop Eagles. Of course, I want to watch it. But, uh, yeah, it, it can get a little messy. Longwood sounds like some cheap CW drama series. Well, it is one of the schools that has never made the tournament before. So, where is it, Longwood? I believe North Carolina. I couldn't tell you where though. No, it's close, though. It's close. It's in a town called Farmville, Virginia, in the middle of nowhere, Virginia. Yeah, it's it can't be but a stone's throw away from one of those military high schools that produced a very famous Ohio State running back by the name of Eddie George. And I believe Cardale Jones and Michael Thomas wound up there as well fork union military academy right yeah not I too do, far I, away from there i do remember that you're right yeah that's 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 crazy there are so many schools in virginia it, it's crazy just the number of universities four-year colleges that they have <laughs> in the state of virginia in the commonwealth i should say it's got to be up uh it's got to be up in the 60s 70s or 80s just different spots that you can go to and most of them you never heard of like i'm looking at the map right now right down the road from longwood university Hampton, Sydney, one of those spots. You've got Virginia Military Institute, right? If you go over to the middle of nowhere in Lexington, you think about Lynchburg, Virginia, right? Liberty, Liberty, Liberty who I'm actually there. I'm watching the gamecast right now. They're in a tight one with Stetson and uh, the A Sun <laughs> semifinals. Are you serious? You're I'm watching 100%. Liberty literally right now. 100%. Well, I'm watching the game cast. I'm not actually watching the actual game. But yeah, no, okay. Stetson okay. had a really, really fun upset over Bellarmine. I think it's how you pronounce it, right? Bellarmine, Bellarmine or Bellarmine? Yeah. See, I'm, they're one of the here's, newbies. Here's the thing. I remember Seth Greenberg on ESPN saying it the wrong way. And like their, their Twitter account like took a shot at him pretty much. So I don't want to so do what was it he incorrectly. Saying? I think he said Bellarmine. I think it's Bellarmine. Oh, well, so he. Okay. So if it wasn't Bellarmine. Let's go I, with what you I let's believe, go with your switch up. Then. I believe, but yes, no, it was a it was a really good game. And then uh Florida Gulf Coast, who's still in the mix, they're in the semifinals. They beat uh uh Lipscomb last night. So it's uh I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm actually, all in on it. I'm actually gonna do the the Google voice thing right now. Let's see if you can hear it to get the pronunciation right. Bellarmine. Did you hear that? Bellarmine. 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 Okay. 
I mean, the computer woman knows all, right? You got <laughs> you got to trust her, and it actually does have it for as the most part. Bellarmine University. It says the university in Louisville, Kentucky. So it's not just some some dude or some chick that's named Bellarmine and at one point in time, and it's not the one associated to the university. It is that one, Bellarmine. <laughs> it's like the long Bellarmine. Bellarmine, if you say it fast. Which, which, I, yeah, which was ahead. really weird about that is everybody was really high on Bellarmine going into this tournament, but at the same time, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement because this was a another rule that I hate with the NCAA. It's one of those schools, it was their first year in D1, so they were not allowed per the NCAA transition rules to actually qualify mm, for yeah. the tournament. We had that with Merrimack last year. Had they would have had a tournament, they would have been the automatic big, quote-unquote, but they wouldn't have actually gone uh, but yeah, no, there's a lot of craziness. If you've been paying attention a little bit to some of these small tournaments, there's been a lot going on. So the other thing that we were that we were kicking around in the open there that we weren't sure about was Tony Bennett. Which school did he go to? We were right. talking some Horizon League tournament. I've got Tony Bennett at Green Bay. Really? So not Milwaukee. All right, not Milwaukee. Maybe I had it backwards. What about Dick Bennett? Let me plug in Dick Bennett, his his father, who of course had the heyday with with the Wisconsin Badgers and I can still remember as we talk tournament memories one of those Purdue teams that could have gone to a final four got stopped by a Dick Bennett Wisconsin team it was actually before well Bo here's Ryan the thing I think he was at Washington State before his son took the job they yeah Dick Bennett was at Washington State he was he was at Green Bay too so no we're wrong about the Milwaukee Milwaukee's just Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee I was LaVal Jordan. I think, yeah, I think I had that backwards. Okay, so Jordan that was there. Yeah, but that's not that's certainly not like Dick Bennett and Tony Bennett. I mean, Laval's got to prove his coaching chops here. Well, that's the thing. He never really proved his chops in the one year he had as a head coach, and then uh, they freaked out because Ohio State stole Holtman in June, and yeah, the rest is history. But so you're you're watching a game cast of some what'd you say a sun action? Oh yeah, Liberty I just Stetson? I just finished up with the uh, a ten one with St. Louis. St. Louis is a four seed. I actually had them winning over VCU in the final. So uh, yeah, I I'm, okay. I've so what happened on... in that one? Because I just paused my screen as we started recording. Yeah, here. And we're I... coming to you at about three thirty <laughs> on March fifth, just to give you some some frame of reference. Like you said, I I just went to NBC Sports Network just so I could have some A10 basketball on the screen cuz Dayton and VCU are getting ready to go. What right. so what happened in that game? Yes, yeah, so I believe it was like a 13 or 15 point game, but St. Louis did beat UMass, which is good for them. They're going to play St. Bonaventure, I believe Top tomorrow seed. or I, actually the A10 schedule is kind of spread out. I really don't know because they're not going to crown their champion until next weekend. That is pretty spread out. Yeah, they out. they really they spread it out almost over like 10 days. It's really weird. I got to tell you, though, I just paused it, and now my YouTube TV just completely <laughs> crashed and glitched out, so now it's going to go back to live. But I just had the screen paused on the beautiful graphic of the bracket. And I know it's not the big bracket, but still, just to right. see conference tournament brackets with all the colors and the team logos and the seeds and everything, isn't it just pretty just to catch it for – 10 or 15 seconds on a TV broadcast while the guys are breaking it down. Then they filter it back. It fades away, and they go back to the action. It's just, oh, my God. It just gives me goosebumps. We're just sitting here talking about the Atlantic 10 and the A-10. While I'm fond of it, for the most part, it sucks this year. They have some really disappointing teams. Yeah. And what, like Rhode Island, right? Like Remember ah, how we talked about tough. Fats Russell and that how much tough. we loved us some Fats, right, who mm-hmm. in his downtime he's playing Jackie Gleason and Poole, but – he he didn't do much this year. Well, the he A-10, might have been dealing the, with some injuries. The A ten as a whole was pretty 
I would say they beat up on each other. Like, there wasn't really a team that over, for a stretch there, St. Bonaventure kind of dominated the league. But outside of that, I mean, almost every team in that league has some type of loss that you kind of, you know, clench up at. Like, how did you lose that game? I, I think it was more, as a whole, as a conference, really deep. While the bottom was pretty bad, I mean, you still had a St. Joe's team that ended the year on like a three uh, three game winning streak, and then just got blown out by, uh, I believe, St. Bonaventure. So, and then Dayton beat St. Bonaventure in their final regular season game. That's they right. Took but, out the top seed after they'd already but, secured that spot. But St. Bon or uh, but Dayton also gave up like ninety plus points to St. Joe's like a week or so ahead of that. Like it's just it's all over the place. Those teams were just eating each other alive. Yeah, and but there's also been some bad basketball too. Like sure. I, I can't sit here and tell you that I've been I've been paying normal attention to A ten basketball this year, but right. when when I went poking around because we, we follow a lot of guys, you know, the David Jablonskis of the world and and uh different just different friends that we have in the media here being in Columbus over at Dayton, and it's a it's a prideful town. We know that and they love their basketball, and that's what I love about them. And even when they are having a disappointing year when I, you don't even want we've gotten into it on other podcasts you it's almost right. too open of a wound to go talking about how <sighs> devastating that would be to lose that team last season and then now that everything is going to happen you're 14 and 8 whoopty freaking do and you have to win the a10 if you want to go dancing at all like it it'd be nice that if Dayton could get to a spot where three out of every four years they're making the tournament the a10 we agree can be that kind of league mm -hmm. it certainly is not a one big bid league and we've seen it's cases not gonna where be can push. it's not gonna be they're, go they're yeah, gonna yeah. get at least two but but we've seen cases where I, I wonder what the max for them is but three four five teams is not unheard uh, of if... to see from the a10 when you look at the quality of programs mm -hmm. and the basketball tradition that they have I think if a team like a Dayton or a Davidson or a st. Louis wins this tournament I think you can get three. The problem is, is I think St. Bonaventure like is kind of... VCU lock. VCU, yeah, VCU I feels like right a now. lock. St. Bonaventure, they, they've been flirting with the bubble a little bit. Uh, I don't know if they don't win the tournament, how it's going to really turn out for them. But I think that's your most likely scenario is if like a St. Louis or a Davidson, one of those top four seats also steals uh, a bid, you could get three. Yeah, I'm probably going a little high saying VCU is a lock. They're bubblicious for sure, but they are they're in a lot of projections right now. So they would definitely need to win this I mean they have to win on their home court right now against the Dayton Flyers and they got off to a rip-roaring start. I saw like 8 to 1 on the screen there as it just went to commercial. So again, coming to you on a beautiful sunny afternoon on a March 5th on a Friday. We've we've sort of jumped onto the Friday train here for dropping these podcasts, but you know, it's just seeing all the conference tournaments, even seeing the sunshine out there. I don't know if it does this for you, Evil, but I just have so many memories wherever I've been in life. You know, even if you live in a cold weather city, the month turns to March. You might get the good graces to see the snow start melting and you can get outside. The, the days are a little bit longer, so you're getting more sunshine and it just puts you in a happy place. Like these are just all things that make the neurons fire in the brain, right? Like just the idea of going to have an ice cold beer and being in a sports bar with friends and all the TVs are on and you can walk outside onto the patio and it's a beautiful sunshiny day. It's just everything, weather, basketball, beer, people that you love. It's just a great time to be alive, man. Yeah, it's obviously going to be different this year because of, you know, you can't really gather in that sense. But yeah, uh, 
me personally, I like getting some type of spread and putting about at minimum three TVs in front of my face, however I can do it. And you pretty yeah, much go so from there. Yeah, so describe that. So, like, what's your setup? Like, TVs, laptops, devices? So, how, how does it go? Like, you're an apartment dweller these days, yeah, right? Yeah, so the, the laptop's definitely going to be the, like, I don't know. I'm trying to use the TV stations for reference. Like, the, the True TV game or the USA game. Uh, usually, the sure. CBS game is always the one that's great for that window. So, that's always going on the main one with the volume. And then the secondary TV is always what I consider the second game of that time window but yeah it's gonna be a little bit different this year it feels like with how they're spreading out time starts because it's gonna be a little bit more spread out than usual but the concept's gonna be the same yeah so I, I like that and you can't do mounted on the wall I like I remember I never wanted to mount a TV on the wall you in could. An I, I mean I just personally prefer not to yeah right they don't t they, they're not like against that I guess you have to you have to patch it all up when you're done though right 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 that's work yeah no it just depends and you don't do that. You got like a little oh, entertainment no. center. I got uh, pretty much. I, I don't even know how to put, else to put it other than it's like a. Uh, it's some it's type table. of weird table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how to it's describe it. Table with a with a TV. What what's the size of the main TV? Uh, main one is forty five, forty two, okay. or forty five, something like yeah, that. And the right, other one fine. is high thirties. I forget what it is. That's that's not bad. And when you're when you're living that apartment life, you don't have one of those like big massive great rooms. So no. your couch position I, uh, two TV is probably like ten feet max. Or yeah. Something, so big right? TV goes in the corner, and then I pull out a table that holds the uh, the other TV. The thing is, is that I don't use one of the couches in that scenario, so that I can get the best gotcha. optimal angle possible. I gotcha. Yeah, I I'm curious to hear what uh, what everybody's viewing setups are going to be like for tournament time. That's one of the things that uh, we we have a lot of fun through the years talking about whether you just get that setup at home base, which is clearly what we're doing more now. And you know, I'm I'm still finding a way. Like I'm still really happy this month. Like my my head's in a good place. You mentioned we're not quite back there to gathering with a lot of friends. I am. I have learned how to still find some happiness without all of you guys. It's just we've had to do it, right? Right. We've got our close families. We can still be here at home, and you can still enjoy that weather at home and getting outside and just, just seeing the sun rays beam through the windows with basketball on during the daytime. But tell us about those setups at, at the email that we gave out uh, for the last pod. We've never really done much with, uh, with it, and I apologize for that. But madabouthoopspodcast at gmail.com. Again, madabouthoopspodcast at gmail.com. You know me when I got the green light in the basement. The TVs aren't that big because I didn't have the wall space, so I had sure. to sacrifice size of the TV. I needed to do two wall-mounted flat screens side-by-side. Side. Just for the job that we do, man, and all the sports that you know we usually need to watch. You've got Blue Jackets hockey. Back when I was doing earlier you know, daytime radio and I needed to be up to speed with the CBJ, I need to have that game on. You want to get a Reds or an Indians game on. It doesn't even matter if it's hoop season, right? It's just all throughout the year. Just think about an NFL Sunday. There's multiple games you want to have it on. So I did it. I, I bit the bullet. So I'll get to have those two going, and then I'll bring in – I've got a nice, like, big fireplace in the corner that's a brick fireplace. So I will bring in the third, like, the TCL Roku TV. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Like 43 inches or something. So they're all about the same exact size TV, and I'll put that one on the bricks. So I'll have three like full-size TVs right there. And then for a fourth, 
I would go with, you know, the iPad or the laptop to get, you know, every single thing <laughs> that Turner and CBS has on at the same time. So that's how I roll at, at my place. I, I don't blame you. I mean, as many screens as you get in front of your face, especially those first two days, is so it's so important. It's the best, man. And, you know, back to what you were starting off with with small conference tournaments and just some of the mayhem. Mm -hmm. What I was thinking about with all that action at the Horizon League is could you imagine if that was all in one place? Like if that was at, you know, the Q in Cleveland or wherever, like pick a pick a spot in Ohio, a city where they could hold a, a, an event like that. Say UD Arena, if you're not going to have it at Wright States Arena right. in, in Dayton, even though I think they will have that tournament at home sites. So... What's the name of Wright States Arena? It's slipping me. But the Nutter like, Center. The Nutter Center. Yeah, there you go. Picture the Nutter Center and just a place where you're selling public tickets and you can fill a gym and you've got fans of small conference hoops coming from all over. Just to see a quartet of games like that where it was that crazy. I mean, the one we didn't really hit on was Cleveland State. The other, the top seed oh, in the Horizon League, went to triple overtime to survive. And then there was... Some other overtime games that day as well. Like, I'm looking at them right now. You had Cleveland State beating Purdue-Fort Wayne 108-104 in triple overtime. That's nuts. Torrey Patton had 30 points and 13 rebounds for Cleveland State. Then you had uh, Northern Kentucky beat Detroit Mercy 70-69, to right? One point. And then Youngstown State-Oakland at the end of the day. Yeah. I think these were all tipping at the same time, whatever, but you know what I mean. Was 87-83, three overtime games. One of them was triple, and then a one-point contest. If that was at a site, and you had just like two <laughs> session tickets, just what fun, right? What fun, but no, I think for the non-in-person viewer, it was perfect because it was, well, it wasn't perfect for me because both of my teams lost in horrible fashion, being Detroit and Wright State, but... uh. Yeah, the the at home viewer had it perfect because they were almost all going on at the same time. But it it seemed like it was different because uh, the, uh Fort Wayne and Cleveland yeah. State went almost an yeah. extra hour. Well, my why I might say in the second overtime that center that made the shot for Cleveland State it was his first three ever, and I mean he amazing. It was like four seconds left in the overtime, and he's standing at the top of the key. He's struggling to find a shot, and he just kind of throws something up there and it banks in. Like, just at that point, I knew it was Cleveland State's destiny to win. And I think they'll eventually win the Horizon League and then go to the tournament. I, I think it's just destiny for them. But, yes, if this was all happening and one day you had a session ticket and you were staying there all day, it'd be amazing. Yeah, and that's some of my best memories are, I mean, even before you get into the NCAA tournament is just covering some conference tournaments or just – you know, I, I I always use that word cover, right? And I apologize. It's just what we when you're in the media and you can get one of those press badges and you're doing it for work. I mean, it it it's never felt like work for me, right? Like that right. that's the goal. That's the goal in life, right? That's what everybody's trying to do is find a passion and find something that they love and figure out a way to get paid for it. So I I've been lucky enough to be in some places where I got to do that. But even before that, when when I'm a college student at KU. And we're just rolling up to Kansas City, you know, whether it was at Kemper Arena. Now they get to play them at the, the new glorious Sprint Center near the Power and Light where they have. By the way, if you ever go out there, Colin, 
you got to go to the College Basketball Hall of Fame, like in the Power and Light District in Kansas City. Oh, Every right. single college basketball fan listening, put that on your bucket list. Get yourself like a KU barbecue College Basketball Hall of Fame trip set up and knock it out in a couple of days. There are more basketball, like, play games than you. It's like Dave and Buster's for basketball freaks <laughs> is how I could describe it. I mean, the interactive games, like they have a whole floor, man, with like 10 different, there's like the dunking hoops, there's like a foul shot, there's a three-point shootout, and they have like a bank of 20 Papa shots where you just hit the button and you're playing. Like it's it's so cool. It's so much fun. But just just being outside, you know, when you get that break from the first session going into the second session and you can go and like – hit up a barbecue joint or a burger joint to grab lunch and get the beers, and then just to know in the back of your mind that you still have the nighttime basketball coming up and you're going get, to get to stay up until midnight and seeing all that action. It's just so great, like everything about it. Yeah, especially this year if you're going out to Kansas City. I mean, you're going to have a great, great, great Big 12 tournament because I think that's completely wide open. Now, obviously, Baylor's going to be the favorite, but, I mean, there's at least five or six teams that could win that, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, even if it's been going when I was younger to the uh, Columbus location for games down at Nationwide, I mean, uh, I've always said it. It's not always what you're, the game you're viewing in front of you. Sometimes you just get an alert that maybe at a different location there's a, a major upset brewing. And I, I remember the year I went, I believe the game we were watching was like a wasted, like it was a one sixteen matchup for Michigan State with Draymond Green, and okay, but yeah. the alert we got was that Ohio was in the process of upsetting Michigan at the time, oh, if yeah. I remember correctly. Oh yeah. So you kind of started seeing the stands kind of file out because they weren't really watching as much as the uh, the one sixteen matchup as they wanted to Where watch. Where the TVs on the little right? TVs yeah. to watch the Ohio game? Like it's 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 amazing. I mean, you could basically just go to the concourse, right? That's pretty and much what I, everybody I, did. I think, yeah. I think I can remember circumstances where you're at NCAA tournament games, and if you go to the concourse and find one of those bars or, or restaurants off to the side, they'll have the other action going on. So that's it kind of sucks that the game that you were there to see wasn't going that way, but it's give and take, right? That's all part of it. It's all part of taking in live basketball. As you know that you're not going to catch every single game being a thriller, but you've paid the money, you've made that investment, and the chances of seeing something special are always right around the corner. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it just kind of depends on what your regional gets. I mean, yeah, we had that 1-16 matchup, but then we had an 8-9 between, I believe at the time, Josh Pastner was still at Memphis, so he he had the 8C Memphis Tigers, and then the 19 was Rick Majerus's St. Louis team, and St. Louis actually pulled the upset in that game, and it was a really great game. So sometimes you get games that you really don't expect to be like barn burners. They really turn out to be really exciting games that you maybe not have known about beforehand. But yeah, no, just getting a ticket and just finding what you can see at any of those games is amazing. So what is the best tournament game conference or NCAA that you can ever recall seeing? In ever person? recall seeing in person? Well, yeah, in, in person. Like what's the biggest memory? I mean, I, I'm if you're asking in person, it's really going to be just that game that, Memphis and St. Louis game because I haven't that been Memphis, too many St. in Louis? person. Yes. Well, the the choices for me, there was a game a long time ago that went into overtime between it was Blake Steps Gonzaga Bulldogs team. If you remember the good okay. guard there, and this was right in the I can't remember if Dan Dickow 
Dan, wait, no, I'm getting that confused. Was Dan Dickow the Oregon guard? I think I am. Uh, that's that's one of the Oregon guards. Uh, but Blake sure. Blake Step was definitely the dog for the Gonzaga Bulldogs, and I was at the Huntsman Center, which is where the University of Utah plays. So it was interesting that they mm. didn't have it at the Delta Center, which was just a little bit off to the west in downtown Salt Lake City, where the where the Jazz play. Right. Obviously, I don't know what they call that. You know. I, I can't stay up to up to speed with NBA arena names, so my apologies. But up there on the the side of the mountains at University of Utah to have NCAA tournament action, and Arizona and Gonzaga was a sensational game. Luke Walton was on that Arizona team, and what I'll never forget is I was still of that age where. I'm like 18, 19. I'm just getting ready to transfer to the University of Kansas. It was my one year at Weber State, and we had some you had some NCAA tournament action in Salt Lake City. So, of course, you're going to drive down and go to that and hang out. Bill Walton was in the audience, and John Stockton was in the crowd, too. And I got both of their autographs, Evil, on my ticket stub for the game, which That's a hell of a memory just, right there. Which was just so cool. And... Bill said something. I don't remember exactly what he said to me, but it was brief. You know, I just, I just said like, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a big fan, man. I love basketball, and I think you do a great job." He said, "Oh, thank you so much for the compliment, man." You know, he just gave, he gave me like a sentence, and it was just oozing with the his Bill Walton accent. And he, oh, sure, I'll sign that for you. Enjoy the rest of the game, and it, it was great. And Stockton just to. Stockton is very stoic, you know. I don't think he may may not have even said a word to me, but he he signed the ticket graciously and and gave it back. And I'm like, man, that's freaking cool. Like, th- think about the basketball prowess that I just got on that ticket stub. I mean, contemplate that. That's incredible. Bill Walton, who without the injuries, a, a lot of people might have as one of the ten best basketball players to ever live. Right, just all around to pick up a ball. And maybe one of the neatest personalities of all time. He could just sit there smoking a giant doobie and no one would care. And we'd all just laugh about it. And John Stockton, I mean, the all-time assist man and steals man. And somehow I nabbed them both. But that, that's like the coolest memory. But game-wise, also, like that game was great. I think Step just totally gaffed on a wide-open look in the middle of the lane for a bank shot to maybe send it to the second overtime. Like, it was one of those where you're like, oh, he's got it. Like, he's got the look. And then, oh, no. Like, he just chucked it too hard off of the glass. Like, he had it right there. It's almost like the look was too good for him to believe. But the other special moment for me was when I was working in Raleigh. And, dude, I got to see the beginning of that Steph Curry-Davidson run. And it was – I can't even describe to you. I mean, well, you've been in buildings, and you know how – how the crowd they played will just, that game or they played yeah. that in Greensboro that was in Raleigh, Raleigh. those two were Raleigh. in Raleigh okay yep and you're you're right though like that was the other thing about living in North Carolina there would be some kind of tournament action almost it was always, rare always. like it was rare if there wasn't tournament action in either Raleigh Greensboro in some cases Winston-Salem and Charlotte, like since the new Bobcats arena came in, there was some kind of action there. So Duke and UNC would always get positioned there, and everyone would say what an advantage that was. And it was, but <laughs> to see – I mean, Davidson was a Charlotte school, so it was an advantage for them to have some fans. But clearly there's only so many Davidson fans that are going to jump in an 18,000-seat arena. But people were still getting to know like who Steph Curry was at that point in time. Like He was a sophomore at Davidson – 
So he was just in the process of rising into what he would become. And it was his second halves, man, in both games. The first one was was Gonzaga. It was Gonzaga again. I think that was Jeremy Pargo's Gonzaga team. He was the good guard on that squad. Oh, wow. And I can't remember the seeds exactly, but it might have been a 7-10 game. I think that sounds right because then Georgetown – was a two seed that year with a, with Roy Hibbert, yes, maybe right. Jeff Green on that squad too. Mm-hmm. So Steph did it all like in the second halves in both of those games. He either I think he had thirty in the first game and then forty in the second. And in that first game, he had like twenty five of his points after halftime. And in the second game, he had thirty of his points after halftime. It was just insane the way that he was just knocking in shots and. For anyone that was following him early on, you knew he was more than a three-point threat, too, because it was just the way that he could bob and weave on a basketball court. He kind of had that shoulder swag and that, that movement to him, and he could just see the floor, and he could just throw a dime at any point in time, and he could get to the rack and get that high arcing layup off that he's that he's been so well-known for, but... My goodness, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps. I want to, I, I want to take a, a zero second pause here, and then I want some of your takes on the small conference tournaments mm. that you are watching the most, and maybe, maybe I want to know from you, like which conference tournament you would want to go to the most that you haven't had a a opportunity to do so yet. And we'll take a look at some of the big action coming up here, and tell you about how you can enjoy some more mad about hoops with us in a special way coming up here on selection Sunday. So more in just a second. It's mad about hoops. All right, Tim. So we're going to diagnose a little bit into these smaller conference tournaments. And I think, you know, where I'm going to go with the one that I want to attend because it's one of these smaller conference tournaments. Yeah. Any conference tournament that you could, Take in in person. You know, people are are excited about the Big Ten tourney in our neck of the woods. How they're going to have eight thousand fans next week at the Big Ten tourney, March tenth through the fourteenth. It's all at Lucas Oil, so that's why they can do it. They're not going all the way up to that twenty five percent capacity. That's only going to amount to, I think, eleven eleven percent. So, but just having fans back is a bright spot because it's it's such a great time. I've I've been able to take in Big Twelve and ACC. Well, I guess. Big Sky first with Weber State, right. Big Twelve. Who with all the stuff I Weber did. State has a really good shot in the Big Sky this year. You like the Wildcats' chances? I do right like here it. in the I, Big Sky. I'd like them, but I'm I'm afraid they're going to get the two seed and face Eastern Washington, who I think is actually the favorite to win it. God, it's it's funny how in a conference like that, those same teams can stay oh, yeah. like near the top for a twenty year span. Because, dude, I told you. The game that I saw was Weber State versus Eastern Washington. <laughs> that was the championship. That was back in, what, 2001? Yeah, I think 2001 or no, 2002 or three before I went out to KU. But that was a Weber State team that won that. And picture a big sky team getting a 12 seed. That tells you how good Weber State was wow. that season. That's crazy, right? Get, getting better than crazy. A, getting better than the fourteen these days seems like an improvement. Oh, dude, no, they've been fifteens and sixteens. Oh, like yeah. clockwork. The the big sky. Well, that is a quintessential the, Mont- one bid. Some of the Montana teams got fourteens, but um But nothing yeah, higher most, than for that. For the most part. Nothing yeah. higher than that. And Weber State was a twelve that year. And their their reward was Wisconsin, who was vastly underseeded. <laughs> they were the Big Ten champs and they were a five. Like they should have been a three. 
and Devin Harris was on that team, and Weber played so great. We kept that to single digits but lost, but what, what a fun time that was. So, yeah, I, I want to know. Like, do the tournament first. Like, before you, you check out some small conferences, what's the tournament yeah, you so would want to go to? Hypothetically, in a false reality, I want to go back to the old Big East. Back to the old Big East, back in the Big Apple, when you oh, had teams like Syracuse and whatnot. I, oh, I God. The Garden, man. The Garden, man. It's the Big East. It's the best conference ever, it's that a, configuration. It's a little bit more dulled down now that it's the new Big no, East. No, in your, in your false reality. Yeah. Like, we're going back in time, yeah. Right, but if I'm doing it now, best. I think one of the best environments has to be Arch Madness out there with the Missouri Valley. And especially if you could have had full stands for this matchup possible this year between Drake and Loyola Chicago. I mean, come on, man. That place would be bumping. I don't think you can give a better answer than St. Louis. You've got the city. You've got the the arena, I believe, is... And one day it was called the Savas Center. I don't know what it's called now. I don't but know either. The St. Louis Blues. It's a, it's a beautiful arena. I've seen a hockey game in there before. And you've got the food, the culture around that, that the town there, the toasted ravioli. You ever had the T-Ravs? So good. I have not. No, that sounds interesting. You'll have that whenever you go and take in some Arch Madness. And the name is cool, like with the St. Louis Arch. Like yes. It's, everything about it is awesome. And there's also been years where the Missouri Valley has been so good. They've taken, you know, upwards of three or four teams to the big dance. So it's a big deal. Yeah, it's probably going to be a two-bid league this year unless if Drake falters, which I think they could because they're missing their two best players in this tournament. Um, but – the reason why I really wanted to point out this tournament because it's just how impressive Loyola Chicago is, man. They had the best defensive defensive efficiency team in amazing? the country. I mean, they're they, number one. They they gave up forty nine points today to uh, Southern Illinois. Like, the, if they hold a team to less than twenty five points in that first half, that should be the norm. That's that should be what you expect from them. They're just that good. And it's what are you like, looking at their uh, seed line for the NCAA? Uh, so I see most people have them on the eight nine. So if you're a one seed man, I, I look out. I would yeah. be super nervous. Like yeah, if it's um if if you get like Loyola Chicago as an eight seed in Baylor's bracket. I'm going to get nervous. I'm going to get nervous big <laughs> I mean, time. Doesn't even Gonzaga, right? If this like my hot take with the I Zags would. last year, you wouldn't want that. Doesn't that just scream old-timey Wichita statey things it does. happening? It does. Like putting them into that line and just freaking the hell out of a one seed. I guarantee you, if you put Loyola Chicago on an eight line around any of those number one seeds, and you look at the, the analytics on the percentage of people picking each team in a certain round, I guarantee you if they have Loyola Chicago making it past the first round, at least, give or take, 25% people are going to put Loyola to the Sweet 16. They are a team. They share the ball. They've got Sister Jean still rocking and rolling. They've got the the pride of making a Final Four run before and being a darling. They just assisted on 19 buckets today. Their leading score, they scored, what, 78 points? Their leading scorer had 11. Yeah, yeah. No, they had, uh, actually, Hudson off the bench, I'm looking, had 13 today. So Even that. Bench like, guy leading him in scoring. But, they're yeah, they're Norris so has balanced. 11 points and 9 assists. It's just they don't turn the ball over a lot, and they're in your face defensively. It's like you said. So that's that's a great pick. Like, there's there's so much other stuff going on. This week, even before we are fully in to tournament madness next week, 
you mentioned uh, you went over at the beginning of the pod how you were watching some some A Sun action. Right. We mentioned the Atlantic Ten tournament. We just gave you the breakdown there on the Missouri Valley, and still to come is a SoCon. You, don't forget about the SoCon. SoCon that's where is going to be really Davidson used to be in the SoCon. That's why I know mm-hmm. that so well. Yeah. So, so SoCon seems like it's a three team race between Furman, Wofford, and. UNC Greensboro. I believe I picked Furman to win it. I think they're a little bit more experienced, and UNCG has been kind of up and down at the end of the season. But there's a lot of people that are really riding on this Wofford team with Storm Murphy. He's still there. He's a senior leading that team. And then there's a uh, local kid from Columbus, Morgan Sa- uh, Stafford. Uh, he played at Bishop Hartley. So that's cool. A lot of people around here are at least pulling for Wofford. That's cool. You've got the West Coast Conference tournament with all the the talking and the griping that's been done by Gonzaga. Do we know, is Gonzaga in that? They've got to be in it, right? Yeah, so uh, what it is, is you remember, if you've ever looked at the bracket before for the WCC, it's that stair, stepping stair ladder. Step ladder, yeah, right? Yeah, so they're not going to play until the semifinal, so they're just kind of right. waiting. Right, and it's such a small conference, too, and I, I wouldn't think Gonzaga would play before the semis anyway in that. So, yeah, we did the, the SOCON just there. The OVC is also OVC is going on. All the, all of the big teams are still in it. Belmont's played pretty well. Nick Musinski's back from his injury. He played a little bit the other night. That's good. Uh, He's been on the pod. Moorhead State, who we saw early in the season for Ohio State, they've looked pretty good on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Eastern Kentucky's also another one to look out for there. Sunbelt. You got that first round going on tonight. Yeah, Sunbelt's kind of wide open. You have Texas State, who actually technically won the conference, but Georgia State's also really up there. And another team to watch out for is Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, the fighting Dustin Johnsons and that coach with one of the more famous sound bites ever <laughs> about the cat and the dog. You got that, what are you doing, little kitty cat? I want a dog. Be more like a dog. I don't even know who that coach's name. I don't even know what his name is, but he's not the current football coach. I don't I'll tell you so. that much. I don't think so. And what's last? I think the did we hit the Ohio Valley, the OVC? We just hit the OVC. Did we just uh, hit the? Did you hit the OVC back yeah, there? Yeah, that was the Belmont one. Um, maybe the Big South, but it seems like it's kind of Winthrop's to lose at this point. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I meant to switch it to Sun Belt right there. Sun Belt Conference. So yeah, Sun Belt was the Georgia State, uh, Coastal Carolina, and Texas State are kind of the biggest ones in the running there. Looking at Appalachian State and Little Rock for some reason. I'm just looking at it. That doesn't well, they don't are, mean anything about it. They are in the conference, it. so. They're in the conference. They're not teams to watch, though. I just saw them pop up on the scoreboard right there. Yeah, I, I don't really expect a whole lot out of them, to be honest with you. All right. Well, thank you for the breakdown. That's evil, bald Colin and his beautiful mind knowing everything about the mid-major flavors out there because it's the it's the time to shine. I just had like a bunch of scoreboards up there, so... Apologies for all that confusion on going back over conferences that you were legitimately just talking about and then saying, yeah, but you just told me about the big sky, but what about the big sky? Uh, I will say (laughs) we touched on the A-10 a little bit just to watch. This is happening in real time for us, so you'll probably hear it after the game's over, but uh, VCU got their best player back in Nishan Highland, and he's already got 18 points in the first half. So VCU, watch out for them going forward. All right, we'll wrap it up here in a second. We know we've got some... Some very interesting games. I, I just feel like it's toned down a little bit because we know, mm-hmm. like at least with the big do- with the big boys, we're going right into the conference tournaments. So the opportunities are also going to be there next week. Clearly, Ohio State and Illinois is a huge game. It's a senior day, so it's the last home game for the Buckeyes. 
They're still ranked number seven in the country, but it's such a difficult task to try to get right before going to Indy with Illinois and Kofi Coburn, who is just, even though you beat this team before, it's, you're still scared to death of a team that's operating at that level. What's your quick thought on that game coming up? Yeah, so I believe, and you'll probably know this by the time you listen to this, but I believe that uh, Sumu does not play. Like I said, I heard the rumor early on when this fracture happened that they were expecting to hold him out until the conference tournament. So it would not surprise me if he doesn't play. Last I heard is I believe Underwood said he's day-to-day. Doesn't sound like he practiced on Friday, so it seems like it's trending in that direction. Uh, this is all going to be about the post. I mean, when, when we played Illinois last, Illinois was actually fortunate to stay in the game as long as they did because of the offensive rebounding they had from Coburn and Bajanashvili. So Ohio State in the post, they have got to shore up on the defensive rebounding. It's been an issue for the, at least the last several games. Uh, stay out of foul trouble. Hopefully, Zed Key, that's one of the things he kind of gets into trouble with. So stay out of foul trouble, rebound on the defensive side, and get the offense going, man. We, you, w- since the Michigan game, it just kind of seems like it's yeah. taking a dip. you got to get back up to the mid to high 70s if you want to win this game. And it's just tough to it's tough to know if you're the Buckeyes until you get you know, 15 minutes into that game. Yep. It really is. Like, you've got the time off. I feel good about it just with the way that the way that the trends have gone in the Big Ten when you get a red-hot team, the wall, like, you hit the wall hard. Like, because the other teams are so good, meaning Ohio State, that they're ready. Like, they've taken their lumps now, and they're sick and tired of it. Illinois won, like, 10 out of 11. I can just, I can see it going that way where they, Ohio State just sticks the finger right in their chest and says, you're done for a second, you know? We're going to take this game. We're not riding a four-game losing streak into Indianapolis. I don't know how they're going to do it quite exactly. They clearly need to play better, much better, in every aspect, offensively and defensively. I just have faith that that old team that we saw for the middle portion of the Big Ten is going to show up a little bit more for Ohio State. Hopefully it's a great game. I mean, I... I can't imagine either. I can't imagine either team at this point storming in, in this one. There's going to be too much fight for Ohio State to not get run out of their own gym. But I also think Illinois is too good. You can't see the Buckeyes winning that game by ten or, or yeah, twenty. Yeah, it's it'll be a last two possessions kind of game. If regardless. the Suma doesn't play and they're as fi- as efficient they were against Michigan, I mean, you just got to tip the cap to them. But I don't think they will do that if he misses the game, which is why I don't see or envision. Yeah. A big blowout. So, yeah, I I think it will be close. So, if you're a Big Ten fan, check the standings. Check how the seeds could shake down. It's basically like if you're looking at an Ohio State 3, 4, and 5 seed is still in play. They certainly would have to win the game and get some help and get Indiana to beat Purdue or uh, actually just get Iowa to lose. Like, just get Iowa to lose on their home floor to Wisconsin, which seems like a tall ask right now with how Iowa is playing as well. You got some Big 12. It's it's very easy to break it down as if – Ohio State wins and the two favorites win, they stay at the five. If they win and one of the uh, upsets happen between Indiana and Purdue and Iowa Wisconsin, they're then you'll back move to up the to double the four. Buy. Yeah. If both of the upsets happen and Ohio State wins, they'll actually move up to the three. So you got to watch out for that. Yeah, that and that's the most unlikely of, of scenarios. I, I would say so, especially because yep. those both of those teams are on their home courts. Yeah, I would say so. If you're a betting man, you have to say Ohio State stays with the five because yes. beating Illinois alone is a really tall ask right now with the three-game losing skid. I th- I think it can happen, but it's a tall ask. And just going by 
how Purdue and Iowa are playing right now, I'm not expecting them to lose either. So that would that would shut the door. The, the Big 12, I just want to say, has been awesome this year. It's been fun to watch. I've been getting a little bit more into it lately, watching much more of the Jayhawks. But in, in Oklahoma State and West Virginia and Oklahoma and Baylor, they're all just crazy good. What you have with the Big 10 and the Big 12 is special. And before we go, man, so on our website – for our the station that we work for, 971thefan.com. Join us. You can see our faces. We'll be there between the hours of 7 and 9. So we're doing it when the selection show is done because we know how special and near and dear that is to a lot of our fans' hearts, watching the, the show on CBS and just sitting in front of the TV and doing it that way. So when it's done, we'll come on and we'll just shoot the shit for two hours and we'll have a lot of our personalities from the fan on with us cycling in and out we're trying to get some of the Buckeyes on like depending on what their travel is going to be maybe like a player in one hour and a coach Holtman in the next and I'm really glad you're explaining this else? now because you're yeah. not telling me the details in real time so I'm learning with everybody else well this has all been coming together today man so <laughs> oh, yeah fair. like we haven't really had a chance to talk and we're I'm getting with some of the promotions guys and, and you'll be involved looped in in this as well and how we're going to do our rundown and try to get a, a somewhat of a regimented thing like we did we did an nfl draft party virtually you know back uh at that's the right. start of the pandemic that's right so it'll kind of go like that hopefully we'll get some former buckeye basketball players I'm, i've already reached out to aaron Kraft to see if he can do it joey lane i'm sure from the drive the lane podcast he'd be i'm sure he'll be more than happy to jump on it some of our friends from 10 tv as well so i mean you talk about just wherever your mind wanders right for two hours about tournament basketball and te- I mean think of how you what mode you'll be in evil like when you see the bracket and then you're seeing the paths your mind will be racing it's, it's I know it's gonna be racing because you at that point I'm gonna have a good idea who's going to be in at least from the smaller conferences so you can kind of diagnose from that really focus in on those teams and learn more about ones maybe that are bid stealers that you really didn't know a whole lot about and then kind of diagnosing like oh how does uh, Loyola Chicago matchup against Oklahoma State in an 8-9 matchup, like stuff like that. Final thought for me is just however you're going to take in the next few weeks, just just enjoy it. Just find a way to not focus on, oh, I might not have the kind of money to get into one of these arenas this year with what the resale value will be and with the limited attendance, but just appreciate that the basketball is back, that we're getting all of these tournaments, and whoever you got in your house, your apartment, whoever, wherever, who's in your close circle right now, maybe some people have been vaccinated in your crew already. That would be great. I'd be happy for you if that's the case, but just just enjoy it. This is a fun month, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that we're here. Yeah, Tim, I agree. The, the fact that we're here a year later after what transpired with the cancellation of the tournament is – it's hard to believe it came this fast, but, you know, it feels great that we're finally here. And, you know, just sit back and enjoy because we're, we're making up for two years missed time here. So let's let's really enjoy what we got and get, really get into these small conference tournaments because I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of excitement and a lot of bid stealers. Well, that was great, man. And everybody, wherever you're listening, please uh, feel free to give us a review and a comment and tell everybody else that's uh, loving the sport right now to check us out here. This has been Mad About Hoops.